Jenna, welcome back. Oh, Jenna, today I think this tea is going to be interesting for the topic you have. In I tour. think it's perfect. It's a it's a red tea to go with our red-headed red-headed giants. Red-headed, red-headed cannibal giants. Yes. And this is red raspberry tea. Red raspberry tea. I haven't tried any of it yet. I'm actually very curious. It's still a little hot, but I like it. It's probably it's a lot milder than I thought it's it would like be, and it's very raspberry-filled donuts. Yes. Like, that's exactly what it reminds we're, me of. We're in a nice, calm mood with our red raspberry tea right now. Yes. Um, oh, okay. So I have a lot of history on to unpack here today. You know what? I have history too. Okay. But I have history that's more specific. So you know what? Fire away with your history, Amanda. Okay. Okay. So have you read the Bible? <laughs> I think I might have heard of that book. It's pretty popular. There's like a whole big fan club for it. So, I mean, if you haven't, <laughs> it's disappointing, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> so, in the Bible, there are several references to giants. Oh, yeah. David, Goliath. David, Goliath. Um, more specifically, um, one of the ones that's brought up more frequently is the whole Noah's Ark thing. The oh. Whole, the whole reason for the Great Flood um, in some Christianic circles mm-hmm. is that um, these angels were breeding with women. Oh. They were angels who were sent down to be watchers over humanity and keep yes. track of their progress. And they were breeding with women down here. And created a spawn known as the Nephilim, which yes. were these cannibalistic giants that would um, not only that were not only taking too much of human resources that were available, but also eating the humans themselves. Jeez! And so this flood was supposed to come down. I'm starting to wonder what Bible I read. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. There part, are but, so you know. that's a whole. I'd love to do a topic on that because it's been rewritten and rehashed and re-cropped right, right. over many a years. Okay. But another episode. But he's the Nephilim. Yeah. Okay. So that's why the flood. I'm following you. Okay. And there are a lot of archaeological and um hieroglyphic things in many a culture that really do start to raise the question of giants. Oh, okay, yeah. So like there are these salt mines in Iran that are just super, super tall. Like, unreason- that's a regular <gasps> That's man. a human down there. Yeah, so super tall. And obviously scaffolding is a thing. But a lot of people speculate, like, they were mined by something much bigger than a standard human because... So this is an ancient mine. Yes, a very ancient That's like skyscraper height. That's at least, I'd say, four or five stories. Oh, for sure. If not higher. If not higher. And... It's a mine. That's crazy. If I'm an ancient human, I'm not digging that high up and down. I'm going deeper. Mm-hmm. Like it just, that doesn't make sense. That's too many resources going to mining. Yeah. So found that interesting. And a lot of um, like Egyptian hieroglyphics and stuff, we get these depictions of like men as tall as giraffes. What? And more particularly interesting to me is in depictions of the creation of the pyramids, they show men carrying the stones to the pyramids on their shoulders. And while that in of itself doesn't seem strange, this is 
how big a standard man is compared to those blocks. Right. So it would have to be a man that's like twice. Twice as large. We're talking probably 12 feet tall, right? Wow. Okay, that's cool. And there are... I did not know that. There there are all over, all over. Okay, so we have the um, Asin, which is like an Indian version of the giant, like uh, like Indian, Indian. Like, oh, okay. Like over... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Curry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's something called uh, Basket Ogres, which is like a Northwest Coast Indian giantess. Mm. Um, there's... A big owl man, which is an Apache Indian giant. Uh, Kadaja, which is a, from the Kado tribe. Um, the Senu, which is from the Mimek tribe. Um, and then you have it over in, obviously, Greece. You have that. Yeah, because... Okay, and so, and 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 to, to just to clarify, we're talking about giant humans yeah not like our yeti friends and our no we're talking about humans right right so there's like in greek mythos there's obviously the giants um who are the titans right okay Mm -hmm. um but they also have several versions of like giants like taller humans who aren't related to the titans in their mythos um the Norse people have giants all through their history and mythos. Uh, you can find it in Mexico. You can find it in Romania. Um, hang on. There's a name for it. Uh, the Hindus call them, it translates as giants. It's a really tough word to say. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it translates to giants quite literally. Okay. And... Uh, we also have the, in the Bible, the Anakim, the Amorites, the Rephites, also known as the Emites, which are various versions of giants. Um, wow. and obviously there's David and Goliath and Goliath is a Philistine mm-hmm. thing. And this was interesting to me. So I went down the Philistine sort of loophole and there's this, uh, it led me to this story about this guy named Kopdwa. And this is a two-headed, supposedly 12-foot giant that we currently have a mummified version of. What? Although his realness has been disputed. Um, hang on. Okay, that's crazy. So this is like... Oh, you're going to show me a picture. That's two heads and then all the way down. What? Really okay. long. Right. I'm going to need that back. Yeah. So, uh... He basically started out alive, captured in Patagonia, um, sort of during the circus freak era of history. Yes. And he was taken with this circus to be a sideshow attraction. You know, come see the two-headed Patagonian man, 12 feet high. And they That took, looks legit. Yeah. And they tore, that... they toured him through Europe. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, exactly 3.7 meters tall um, during the 19th century. And he, at some point, broke loose and ended up killing four of his captors. And during this fight, ended up um, killing himself um, by having one of the boarding pikes off a ship go straight into his heart. Oh, okay. So then he was... That's by ship. Yeah. He was then stuffed and purchased by a Mr. Bartram, who toured... The Edwardian Horror Circuit. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was like a long time going, but 
he was eventually brought to England in the 1800s from a Captain George Bickle, who sailed out of Plymouth. And it is said that the great P.T. Barnum tried in vain to buy Captois on one of his trips to England. And it was not until the 1950s that Captois left the Blackpool Museum to go on tour to the United States. And they have had several students from Hopkins University, like droves upon droves of them wanting to inspect the so-called mummy, who all believe he is real. Wow. Yeah. And I know Hopkins is like renowned for its medical study. Oh, totally. And so that that got me. And there are, there have now started emerging photos of men digging up skeletons. Now, a lot of these have been disputed because a lot of them... Photoshop is a thing now, unfortunately. But then there's ones like these that are less disputed. Now, that... Isn't that interesting? That also, to me, looks like it could be legit. The first one you just showed, the the big blown-up skull, no. But this... Yeah, it's it's a different level of decomposition. It gives the form of the giantism, like where they have misproportioned features. Mm -hmm. And it's these two, I want to say Egyptian or Arabic, or definitely in that... um, Yes, I would agree. Mm Mm-hmm. And that sort of... uh, And I don't know. I mean, obviously, it could be photoshopped in, but that's what I would would assume that a giant skull proportionally would look like. Right. And and there's a lot of these where it's like, okay, is it? Well, in 1991, we had archaeologists who were excavating a necropolis, um, and they discovered this shelter hidden among the Moran County rock formation Mm -hmm. marion county rock formation and they came across this false wall and they found this humanoid is how they express it skeleton posed on a seat behind the fake wall wow this is like nine feet tall okay that's weird yeah a very deformed skull but we know with a lot of cases of giantism as we call it that um growth doesn't happen quite the same way because though they're bigger wow And I've gone down this rabbit hole and there is a very large group of people who believe that giantism is being buried in our textbooks and buried in society because there's lots of evidence we've pulled up footprints, like large footprints. Oh, right, right. Um, There's skeleton remains that are incomplete that point to the the people haven't been eight to ten feet tall, which isn't like the giant that you'd think of that's like you could stand in his hand, but it is in fact a giant sized creature. Correct. That's mm-hmm. twice the size of a normal guy. And you can find pictures from the Victorian area era of guys standing next to what appears to be a much larger creature. There are paintings depicting large oh, yes. women holding infants out in their hands that are like tiny next to them. Yeah. It's layers upon layers and now obviously a lot of these like drawings and depictions and stuff especially in the age of photoshop are highly highly argued suspect yeah because okay well here's the thing we we know that giantism is is an actual thing and i and i'm not saying that that's the actual medical term for it because um we're recording this really late tonight people <laughs> and my brain is not on high function mode at the moment. It's it's on battery saving yellow mode <laughs> on the phone. 
Okay. So having said that, there is there is a not a disease state, but um, for lack of a better term, disease state where you your pituitary is overreactive and literally does not turn off your ability to grow. And so, yes, and so you grow your entire life. And we know that there's cases of that. There's documented cases of people that are well over eight foot tall, but we we had the ability to scan their heads and know that they had a pituitary issue. Yeah, and, and not only has that fact been brought up by people who still avidly believe giants mm-hmm. at least were real, if aren't currently. Right. And I think the... the, the the difference is, is that we have these isolated giant people with the pituitary issue versus a race okay. of giant people. And that's people. where this gets interesting is yeah. around the time of Stonehenge, there was this race of people, History Channel did a thing on it, mm. that were a lot taller that helped build Stonehenge. And suddenly after the time of Stonehenge being built, the whole genetic trace of them disappeared. What? Yeah. They so had they a- just went... Poof. They have evidence from bigger skeletons of the time. We're talking seven, maybe eight feet at the tallest, but DNA evidence from them. And then no evidence continues. Like they just stopped breeding or existing or or something. <clears throat> or went into the hollow earth. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And that's crazy. It is crazy. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Derailed. But they're they're known in everywhere. And they have skeletal remains that show bigger people. They have um, structures that show bigger people, depictions of bigger people. But, mm-hmm. but, and we know for a fact, that's where I was going. We know for a fact that in um, pre-settlement sort of ages, when there was more oxygen readily available, that a lot of creatures were a lot larger. Oh, yes. So I don't think that it's really unreasonable to think that there were giant humans. Right, right. I don't even think it's necessarily unreasonable to think that there were giant humans cohabitating with small humans. Right, right. At all. Um, there is a drawing from back back in the day, and it's uh, an image of this Vietnam... Vin, sorry, Venetian... I am tired. Oh, to okay. You guys. Venetian. Venetian noblemen who joined the expedition of Magellan as the official chronicler of the voyage. Um, he kept a detailed diary of the um, exhibition, and there I have an excerpt from his journals. Oh, nice. So he says, leaving that place, we finally reached 49 and one half degrees towards Antarctic Pole. As it was winters, the ships entered a safe port to winter. We passed two months into that place without seeing anyone. One day, we suddenly saw a naked man of giant stature on the shore of the port, dancing, singing, and throwing dust on his dust on his head. The captain general sent down one of our men to the giant so that he might perform the same actions as a sign of peace. Having done that, the man led the giant to an islet into the presence of the captain general. When that giant was in the captain general's and our present, he marveled greatly and made signs with one finger raised upward, believing that he had come from the sky. He was so tall that we reached only to his waist, and he was well proportioned. Wow. His face was large and painted red all over, while about his eyes he was painted yellow. So yellow eyes, red face. Okay. He had two hearts painted on the middle of his cheeks. His scanty hair had 
was painted white. He was dressed in the skin of animals skillfully sewn together. That animal has a head and ears as large as those of a mule, a neck and body like those of a camel, the legs of a deer, and the tail of a horse, like which it neighs. And that land has many of them. His feet were shod in the same kind of skins which covered his feet in the manner of shoes. In his hand he carried a short, heavy bow with a cord somewhat thicker than those of a lute, and made from the intestines of the same animal, and a bundle of rather short cane arrows, feathered like ours, with the points of white and black flint stones in the manner of Turkish arrows, instead of iron. Those points were fashioned by the means of another stone. So this is like the brief expert where he talks about these giants. And as the official chronicler, he was tasked with keeping accurate records of events and activities, well, whether exotic or mundane. So it was wow. his job to be accurate and... And that was very descriptive. Yeah. And what gets me is that he's like, there are many of them. And so this is the drawing of like... That is crazy. Just bigger people. Yeah. I love that you said Hollow Earth because Antarctica... So I do believe that if they were down there, that they would have been found in Antarctica. And interestingly enough, the Nazis during their time, part of their reason for exhibitions to Antarctica Mm -hmm. was to search out the giant race. Oh my gosh. So they went down there looking for them because they were told... Nazis. They were told that these giants were very much the race they were hoping to create. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed... Right, right, right. The Nordic... Mm-hmm. And so they went to this area that this guy, this other guy has right. depictions of mm-hmm. in search of these very same giants. Good, Gideon. Wow. Okay. And so we have multiple crossovers in history of people mm-hmm. running into these same things. Nice. And kind of leading into what I know you're going to be talking about to us. Okay. Um, we have an oral history in the Americas um, from the northern... Paiutes about the Cite Ka, who are a red-haired band of cannibals. Yes. And I know that's what you're going to bring us into. And yes. they are listed in, I just don't know if you know or not, they are listed through several Native American cultures. Yes. All over America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll let, I'll okay. let I don't want to spoil anything all you've right. got, so I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Um, I'm going to enjoy my donut tea. Okay. Drink your <laughs> raspberry donut tea. Okay. So, um, The history that I found with our red-haired giant friends actually started with um, looking at a a specific place called Lovelock Cave. And it is a a North American uh, archaeological site that's also known as Sunset Guano Cave, Horseshoe Cave, Bat Cave, and Indian Cave. So um, it's, it's, and it's actually a relatively small cave. Where is this located? By comparison. So this is located in Churchill County, Nevada. Okay. So I I would guess closer to the California border-ish. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's only 150 feet long and about 35 feet wide. I wouldn't think a cave like that would be associated with giants. Right? Okay. Okay. So um, it's um, a site in the Great Basin region. And it is a location that is optimal, they thought, um, due to the in- the environment that's there now, was optimal to preserve organic and inorganic material. Okay. And um, it used to be 
Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. Pause. Um, So it was put on the National Register of Historic Places in May 24th of 1984. Okay. And as the first major cave in the Great Basin to be excavated. Oh. So, and it was only discovered in 1911. 1911. I forget how unexplored our country is sometimes. Yeah. That's a little over 100 years. Yeah. So... There's a narrow entrance, but there are definitely two different entrances, but they're very narrow. Okay. And um, so the reason why this is um, a great place or was a great place for people to live is because it used to be on a great lake um, called Lake Lahontan, but that, that dried up like centuries ago. But there's nearby lakes um, like Humboldt, Pyramid Lake, and Carson Lake. Okay. But for the most part, it's very arid, dry, deserty type Which, climate I mean, now. I get why that'd be good for preservation because water is one of the exactly. toughest competitors. Destroyers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the humidity and the temperatures and stuff just made it, you know, perfect preservation. But um, they think that this this particular cave was used as early as 2580 B.C., but not extensively used until a thousand BC. Wow, that's, so that, that's still a really old usage. That that's a significant amount of time in this cave. Wow. So the cave was used for about four thousand years. Um, early excavations in the twentieth century were not done very well. Um, of course not. There was a ton loss of artifacts. Um, archaeological information and it was just badly badly done but here's the caveat to this is they think that this is one of the most if not the most important archaeological site in the united states because the historical data is so rich or and the and the artifacts and stuff that we do have are amazing that makes me so excited and upset at the same time because wow Yes. I love hearing that we have this huge historical site we're going to discuss. Yes. But I hate how frequently our archaeologists, mm-hmm. our scientists, the people who are supposed to be studying this stuff better, are the ones who let us down the most. Well, okay, to be fair, um, it was in 1911 when two miners were hired to mine um, bat poo for fertilizer or guano. Uh, so it's estimated they removed... This is insane to me. It's estimated they removed three to six feet deep oh. and 250 tons of bat poo. That's gross. And, and right. <laughs> and and bat, bat poo back then, they would use it to make gunpowder and fertilizer. They also used it in mascara for a long time. Ew. Yeah. It's got okay. a good black pigment, but... Ew, yuck. <laughs> Love Yuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm full of fun <laughs> facts, aren't I? That was, <laughs> that was definitely a fun fact. Um, so anyway, when they were mining it, I guess there was a process where they had to screen it and kind of sift it and then... Make um, sure they've got the right stuff coming through. I guess. And then they dumped... So what they didn't... You know, the leavings of what they didn't need, they dumped outside the cave. Well... In the process of doing all this, they would find artifacts. Oh, so it was just getting sifted out. 
Yeah, they'd find artifacts and they were just discarded with the mess outside of the cave. Like clay pots? Jewelry? I, I don't know specifics, but they said they only took care to keep the most interesting specimens. Which means anything they find to be boring that might be yeah, revolutionary. Like a pottery shard or whatever, they just would have tossed it. So so the the first, basically, so that was the discovery of it. Right. That's when they start knowing it's yes. more than just a cave of bat poop. Yes. So the first exploration was not necessarily archaeologically driven. It was the mining that was going on. And so obviously large loss of material with a lot of damage and no systematic anything. So the University of California was contacted by the mining company mining company when the refuge quote quote air quote left by the ancient people was so plentiful that they couldn't mine the fertilizer anymore so they had such a big pile out front that they're like yeah guess we have to call someone about this exactly jerks jerks it's like hoarding buried alive but with (laughs) with artifacts but can you i mean in modern day times like to me, it would pro- it probably would have been like, I mean, obviously you, you had to scrape away all those feet of bat poo, but it, it's almost like, to me, it sounds like if you were opening like a King Tut's tomb. Yeah. There was so much there. You should be at that, like with the first sign of an artifact, you should be contacting someone so they can just- You would think. Yeah. So they can excavate the site properly and evaluate stuff as it comes. Right. Just because it was co- covered in bat poo. Although I will add this as a caveat. I was listening to um, um, a YouTube video on it. And they said that some of the artifacts, even though they've been cleaned really well, some of the museums that house like a large portion of artifacts still smell like bat poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm like, so did they pass out nose plugs as you're walking through the museum this, or... this exhibit's gonna stink a little but it's really great <laughs> it's worth it it's worth the stench plug your nose okay so spring of 1912 university of california actually sent um an archaeologist ll loud to excavate he was there for five months five months and collected over ten thousand artifacts whoa yeah we get excited about sites where it's like, oh, we found... A hundred. A hundred, yeah. Ten thousand artifacts. I, got, I literally just got chills. Right? Like actual chills. But he didn't even... <laughs> this is... Ugh, this gets me. He also didn't document well. And so he didn't search in a... Uh, in this now what is considered standard practice of a grid pattern where you know what you find Weird. in what grid, but he searched in like what he called lots. Okay. And um, a lot of what he found was in the discarded pile outside the cave. Which means they can't tell where it came from. Yeah, and then two other sites inside the cave. Okay. So, uh, um, so there's, since that time, there were like, there was another archaeological... Um, archaeological dig that happened in like 1926 and then 1950s and so i'm sure archaeologists were dying to get their hands on someplace that had so many artifacts produced out of it right and 
there are so many artifacts found. So there's obviously a ton in the Smithsonian, but there's so many that there's like museums all over Nevada, all over California that have these artifacts. I'm hearing road trip. <laughs> right. So the most, I don't want to say craziest, but in 1924, the excavation found um, a cache, they called it a cache of duck decoys. So remember, this was this cave was by a lake. So these people were intelligent enough and industrious enough. They used reeds to make a duck form and then wrapped it with like, um, not fabric, but like skin, like animal skin, animal hide. And then used the feathers of other ducks. To make a false duck so the yes. other ducks would be comfortable so, going Yeah, there. so the other ducks would land. And they found they found them with the feathers still attached. What? And they are the oldest, oldest duck te- decoys found in the world. And because of the feathers, they were able to carbon date them to, to 300 B.C., that is incredibly Isn't intelligent. Isn't that incredible? That it's incredible. So I mean, n- not only that, but they've found so many artifacts. But those are the ones that really stand out. People were really like they found. Um, I think a, like a dozen of them in like a cache, and some of them were still being made. So, so they it, have process. Steps yeah, yeah. Of like, oh, we. Isn't can- that cool? That is incredibly cool. Yeah. Yeah, incredibly cool. Okay, so get a, guess what else they found in this cave. So they found sandals that were also made out of reeds and, and um, uh, lo- local flora type stuff. So they were woven. Um, and they measured about 15 inches long, which is about 38 centimeters long. That's about the standard Bigfoot footprint. Yes, and so then I went down a small little rabbit <laughs> hole to see what size shoe, what does that translate into shoe size? Okay, so like your husband, my son, he's six foot two plus and he wears a size 12 shoe. Yeah. 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 Wears a big shoe. Um, I know people that are, you know, over six feet that wear a size 14 shoe. Yeah. Okay, so Shaquille O'Neal... Wears a size 23 shoe. Right. And he's tall and big. He's he's seven foot one. Yeah. He's a big dude. But that's what a 15 inch foot would fit into is a a size 23 shoe. So these guys were standardly like Shaquille O'Neal's. At least. At least seven foot tall. But here's here's the other thing though. Anyone's shoe. Like that could be a child's shoe. Yeah. Here's the other thing though. Yao Ming. So, you know, Yao Ming, basketball player, um, seven foot six. Okay. So he's taller than Shaquille O'Neal, but his shoe size is only an 18. So it's not necessarily an example of height based on shoe size. Yes. I mean, obviously, the bigger the foot, the taller the person, but... Right. you're not going to have a five foot person with that foot size. Shaquille O'Neal is obviously a much bigger body type than Yao Ming. Yao Ming's kind of skinny and... Lanky. Lanky, yes. So anyway, I found that fascinating because I was like, oh, well, that's the kind of shoe size we're looking at. We're looking at at least a seven foot plus tall human yeah, to fit that shoe. And there are consistently found remains of seven foot, eight foot plus. Right. And so here's here's the thing. Um, 
in order to be called a giant, you have to have somebody that looks on you as being extremely tall. Right. So, um, you have to have a perspective on it. Exactly. Exactly. Relativity. Yes. So, um, so here's one thing is that, um, the other thing that was found in the cave were they found around 60 mummies. Yeah. But here's the thing. And, and I will circle back to this. I'm going to circle back to this. So I wanted you to keep this in mind. The average height were, um, the average height was not very remarkable. It was just like a normal average height, but two weren't. One female was six and a half feet tall and one male was over eight feet tall. Of the mummies? Yes. Yes. Of the mummies. So that, that leads us to red haired cannibal giants. So the myth is, and we're saying myth because we don't obviously have concrete evidence. don't have an, we don't have a picture of the guy standing next to somebody else. But this is fascinating to me because this is an account that was written um, by a Native American woman. And uh, she... Can we appreciate the Native Americans for being so good about keeping records even verbal records on things that have happened this is this was just fascinating to me because um she so she was a writer and lecturer and her father was chief winnemucca of the paiute in nevada i feel like the native americans have probably kept history for longer than a lot of us have yeah yeah and they've been so good about it that we're able to like look back and be like, oh, we actually know what happened because we have stories. So she actually wrote a book um, in the 1880s. Oh, wow. 1880s. Okay. And it was called um, Life Among the Paiutes, Their Wrongs and Claims. Okay. So this is pre-1900s that she wrote this. So in her book, she actually... This is before they even found the cave. Yes. Okay. This is before they found the cave. Red-haired giants living in the same territory as the Paiutes. They were white. They called them barbarians. And they also called them the Sitika. Yep. So they were described as vicious, unfriendly, and cannibalistic. And I found one short, short publication that said that... They were so vicious that they would make traps for other humans to fall in. So like they would dig a hole and cover the top with stuff. So they'd fall in the trap and then they could get them and eat them. Oh. Yeah. So in her book, she talks about, she describes the Setika. And then she said, there was a great battle that took place that was now know what what was at what is now known as Lovelock Cave. So after years of warfare, um, all of the tribes in the area actually had to join together to rid themselves of the Seteka because they they were big. They couldn't and wanted human flesh. Yes, and so they had to band together to for the better good. Yes, but they wanted to completely eradicate this race of red-haired, what they described as giant cannibals. So they chased down, the the story is, they chased down the remaining giants 
but they took refuge in a cave. The Paiutes actually demanded that their enemy come out of the cave and fight them, but the giants refused. So the tribes shot arrows at them while starting a large fire at the mouth of the cave. So like smoke them out. Yes, to smoke them out. And the smoke drove out a few who then died by arrow, and then the rest were either burned alive or asphyxiated. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so they either tried to run out or, yeah, they were asphyxiated because there was no oxygen. So outside of this cave, we may very well have skeletal remains buried under... We could, we could. So there is actually soot and charring visible at the cave opening at Lovelock Cave. Showing. That would seem to that would corroborate that would corroborate that yeah. story. Yeah, oh, it's such a yeah. Sh- so um, I went. Oh, I don't know. And if these darn archaeologists archaeologists had read the story before they if started, if they would have taken care of their stuff. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not faulting them because, like I said, the the cave was. It's the miners' fault. Yeah, the miners were. Kind of jerks. Okay, so I do have a picture. Here, Here's the picture of the duck decoy. Oh my gosh, that's actually really good. Yeah. Like, really, really good. good. Yeah, it's like, it's obviously a duck. Yeah, like, no question. Yeah, no question. And here's, here's a picture of the outside of the cave. It's a little bit harder to see the charring on the inside. Oh no, it's, I can see like But ash. it's an easy walk up to this cave. To this cave like it's because it's on the national historic register they actually you know they have like um, pathways pathways and stuff but the pathways that you used to get to it was the original pathway because it was so worn from you time might as well use what's already yeah. there yeah yeah. yeah 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 so okay so um did i lose my train of thought i lost my train okay i found my so, train so all that evidence to cooperate Yes. So some say that there were never bones of giants, but that one was measured at over six feet tall. So relative giant, relative giant, because Native Americans at that point in time could have maybe been five foot. Right. And even if even if they were like six foot two, if they got like a seven foot guy, like, well, you're like five foot f all and your husband's like six and foot he feels two like a giant to me. exactly I, I was standing next to someone who is seven feet tall he looks huge compared to you amanda i mean that is that is just how it is i'm just saying if i walked in the woods and there was someone seven feet tall which in relative terms seven feet right. is like like you said that's, that's a giant that's shaquille o'neal oh yeah and so it's like that's not someone who's unrealistically tall but yeah, I would be standing in those woods and I'd be like, that is a motherfucking giant and yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And I know in Europe in particular that people grew smaller. And so that kind of right. thing out there. Right. So, I mean, it could make sense. So um, the other thing is we, we can't study the bones that they did recover from the cave anymore because they were actually given back to the Native Americans and the Native American tribes for burial because they were considered Native peoples. So theoretically, if they did dig up those six foot, uh, those eight foot tall giants mm-hmm. outside the cave, they'd probably get the same treatment. Yes. Yes. <gasps> Which is... Both wonderful and such a shame. Because yeah. on a very like curious note, yes. 
I'm like, I really would love to see the studies done on those. Exactly. So um, the the other thing was is that the mummies, they did document that some of the mummies did have red hair. But to be fair, there's there's a process that happens with decomposition and the hair can change color and to make it look red. So like if you've heard of bog bodies, they look like they have red hair, but they may not have actually had red hair. Right. But I would say that with the combination of the oral story having been passed down and then published, right? like that for me is the cooperation right there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Hands down. I'm like done. For me, that vocal passing on of stories is right as valid or even more valid than if they found cave depictions. Exactly. So here so here's where I'm I'm choosing to circle back. Okay. Even if they only found one skeleton of a giant in that cave, that would be lucky to me because if the Paiutes and the native tribes that hunted them down wanted to to like vanish them from the earth. Yes, wanted to annihilate them after they annihilated them they probably number one didn't bury any of them or they took their bodies out and burned them or desecrated them somehow because i mean different native americans obviously have different ideas of burial practices and stuff as a pissed off person who possibly saw friends or family members getting eaten by this tribe right like i would not be too keen on treating them with anything but Right. And so you would think that, you know, if they if they had belief in, you know, afterlife and stuff like they most natives sh- do, they'd be like, you're not going there, bud. I'm going to make sure because I'm going to go scatter your bones everywhere. So you're wandering, your soul's and, wandering and the earth forever. A future archaeologist finds an out of place femur and says, ah. yeah, <laughs> meh, meh. <laughs> so what? So um, today my references came from ancient or net, nevadagram.com and wikipedia i got a lot from wikipedia from history channel um tiktok was actually a big help because tiktok has a large community of people who are currently following someone who thinks they've seen a giant in real life Hmm. in modern times i don't really follow this guy i don't give credit to his story but they helped me out with research because of their Okay, now I'm just going to throw this one in there just for fun, just because when I told my husband that I was doing this episode, he was like, "Um, what are you talking about, the Kandahar giant? And I was like, what, the Kandahar giant? No, I'm talking about the red-headed cannibal giants. He said, no, the Kandahar giant. So this story was published on darktales.blog, February 17th, 2021. And this is an account. It, it surfaced in 2016 and it appeared online, claimed to be from a member of the U.S. Special Forces team that encountered and killed a giant humanoid during operations while in Afghanistan. I know you might. It's a little late. I'd say buckle in. But but here's he, here's the caveat. The account has largely been debunked, l- largely but still hasn't been completely like people have been like, nah, 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 nah. So an, um, a number of theories of, ari- you know, arising around the supposed giant, as well as a video interview with a man who claims to have been present during the incident. 
Now, I did not go down far enough that rabbit hole to, to try to find that, but maybe I will later. So despite not surfacing until 2016, the supposed encounter is said to have taken place in 2002 um, after a U.S. Army patrol in a remote part of Kandahar uh, went missing without making any radio contact. So special forces were dispatched to look for the missing men. Dun, dun, dun. Searching along the line of the patrol's known route resulted in them discovering discarded pieces of equipment, much of it broken, um, debris led to a difficult mountainous trail which terminated at a large cave and a clearing scattered with broken equipment and cracked bones. Ugh. Yeah. He's got to make his bread. <laughs> right. <laughs> So then uh, the account then claims that a red-headed, so this is the crazy part, a red-headed, powerfully built humanoid around 13 feet in height and clad in animal skins emerged from the cave. Um, on spotting the patrol, the giant promptly killed one of them. Yeah. Boom. Um, an individual specifically named in the original account as Dan... By impaling him on a large metal tip spear. Yeah. The rest of the patrol then killed it with 30 seconds of sustained fire. So they literally, everybody just like, boom, open fire, 30 seconds, round after round, boom. Oh my God. Yeah. So inspecting, on inspecting the body, they found that the creature had six fingers on each hand. And two sets of teeth. I've heard the consistent depiction with the two sets of teeth. Interesting, right? So the giant was then reportedly collected by a Chinook helicopter and transferred to a C-13 transport plane to an unknown location with members of the aircraft crew reportedly stating that it weighed in excess of 1,200 pounds. That's like the weight of like five grown men. Five relatively large grown men. I'm trying to think of like... Yeah, reference-wise. I can't even think. So um, af after a request... Isn't for that almost... Is, is a thousand pounds a ton? I'm trying to... I think that's closer to 2,000 pounds. Okay. So okay. maybe half a ton. Half a ton? Of I don't know. It's late, folks. I'm not going to Google that, but feel free. It's huge is what yes. it is. That's, yes. Okay. That, if that's me's, that's like one, two, three... Five, six or seven me's. Oh, uh, yeah. That's like yeah. six or seven me's. Yeah. So, so get this. They actually went as far to, um, after a request for comment to the U.S. Department of Defense, a spokesman finally stated in 2016 they had no record of such an incident. Furthermore, the U.S. service member with the first name Daniel, who was killed in Kandahar during 2002, died in a bomb blast alongside three others. Bomb blast. But that's what that's what you want to tell us because if he was killed by a giant red-headed giant, well, you're not really going to release that. Bomb blast is real convenient because Yes it is. Because then they can make sure that it's hard for an autopsy to show yeah. that he was in, clearly impaled. Yeah. And and furthermore no statement referring to a member of the special forces being killed by a giant has ever been released by the Department of Defense, either in 2002 or any other time. Here's Meh. here's my thing when stuff like that happens or yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when archaeologists or anyone comes along and starts to try and discredit stuff that has yeah. been seen or found or recorded 
whether verbally or physically, is it's like, okay, we have so many people around the world talking about this. The only reason you're not fessing up to it, yeah. the only reason is because you don't want to be deemed crazy. That's what I'm saying. If we didn't have depictions of giants in the same books that we have depictions of magic, yep. there would be no question about whether or not giants were real. Yeah. I th- I would see it that way. It, it's the fact that they are depicted alongside fairies and magic yes that gives them the the mythos point yeah if they weren't categorized with those things exactly we'd say look at all these verbal stories about people being huge one time mm-hmm. and all these bones yep 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 so so the u.s government you know people researchers claim the u.s government um obviously covered it up of course they did yeah um several unverified accounts have emerged including two men from that claimed to have been part of the special forces patrol that encountered that giant. And a number of other videos and blogs have claimed to have spoken with other U.S. personnel that served in Afghanistan during 2002, often stating that the encounter with the giant was an open secret among many that served in Kandahar. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, that was a little fun little ditty that I found. But I, I thought it was... I do appreciate like fascinating that it the red hair came yeah. up again. I do appreciate that your husband like has all these like military stories that he kind of <laughs> knows about. He I always... just threw that out there, and I was like, "Wait, what? What? <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> no, I'm talking about redheaded cannibal giants here." He's like, "But in modern times, I'm like, all right, stop, hold the phone. We have a whole. I'll go to your Kandahar." giant in just a minute a whole hollow earth for them to hide in it's perfectly reasonable yes yes Yes. (laughs) or for all we know they've grown some extra hair and turned into our yetis or bigfoot sure why not they've (laughs) adapted yeah they've you know morphed okay folks so that was our red-headed giant episode and i would think would you tea with them yes really I would. I'd have like a nine millimeter like strapped to my hip though, and I'd be like, "Come at me with your teeth, and we're it's we're, we're done, bro." Caveat, caveat. Yep. <laughs> I could never because every depiction I've seen of giants outside of more modern, um, fantastical, mm-hmm. like 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 up until you get to like the BFG, you know the big. Oh friend. yeah, 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 big friendly giant. <laughs> yeah, up until that point, most depictions of heck, all depictions. Of giants are all very mean, very scary. Oh very, yeah, that's true. I will Jack grind your beanstalk. I yeah. will grind your bones to make my bread. I'm not. No, I get intimidated in a room of people who are slightly taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I would just be standing in there going, I couldn't kick these guys in the nuts if I wanted to. You can punch them. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> punch up, punch up, jump, jump. Like I would feel so indefensible oh okay so i could never feel comfortable sitting down for a cuppa with especially knowing they're cannibals no i'm dead i'm lunch yeah i'm an appetizer (laughs) (laughs) i just have that gun strapped on my hip and be like okay show show me what you got tell me what you got but you come at me we're done we're done i'm sorry the government's been hiding you yes but that's no reason to get angry (laughs) that's not my fault i had nothing to do with that so, oh, uh, so yeah, redhead, redheaded tea, redheaded tea. Yep. All right, guys. Well, hey, please find us on Facebook and Instagram. And where can they email us? At 
steeped info, info at steepedmystery.com. Yeah, and like and follow us on Spotify so that you know when our next episode comes out, because why wouldn't you want to know? Yeah, <laughs> and if you were in Kandahar and Afghanistan in 2002 and want to be like, yo, I believe that. I was there. Hit us up. Let us know. We will Give ke- us a shout. We're, we're more than happy to keep you completely anonymous from our, our friendly neighborhood cover-up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the eye in the sky. The big brother. Oh, man. Well, you guys... Have freaking wonderful night. Go look at some cool stuff in museums sometime. Yeah, check it out. All looks plausible to me. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. bye.